You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody, Tim McMaster here along with Rhett Bollinger, our MLB.com Twins reporter, as we get you ready for spring training, which is coming quickly. A couple of weeks away, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting. You're starting to see the uh, truck days moving out from major league cities around the country and heading down to Arizona or Florida. The Twins will be heading to Fort Myers before we know it. Um, so on this podcast, we're going to talk about top 100 prospects list. It's out, and the Twins have done well. They get four players on there. Uh, we'll talk about Glenn Perkins, who's decided to hang it up. But I want to start with the newsy-type stuff, Rhett, and that is a team that continues to search for frontline starting help. The good news is, even though we're in February, there's still plenty available. Um, it seems like you, Darvish, remains number one target, right? Exactly. Yeah, you are right. It's pretty amazing that we're already in February, and all the top targets are still out on the board. You know, all the free agent uh, starting pitchers are definitely still available. We talked a lot about Darvish in the past, and you know, even Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn, Jake Arrieta. All those top names are still available. So um, it is pretty amazing that we're getting that close to spring training. They haven't signed yet, um, so the Twins are still in on all those guys. They're definitely interested in, in trying to get a frontline starter. If that doesn't happen, they can always fall back and go for depth. Maybe find a couple guys that are more back of the rotation type, guys like Chris Tillman or Jaime Garcia. Um, those are two guys we've kind of looked at as well as maybe backup plan. So I think a lot of it kind of depends on when Darvish signs. I think he's kind of holding up the market a little bit. I think once he signs, it'll be that domino where I think after that, that next year, starters will sign as well. Um, there's been reports, you know, that the Dodgers and the Yankees try to clear some salary, try to sign Darvish. He's waiting on them to see if that could happen. So it's hard to say how much the Twins are really in on Darvish. I think they'd love to get him. Uh, and then they do have, you know, some financial uh, flexibility to be able to make it happen. It's just I think the big thing with this team, this organization right now, is they don't really want to go – beyond really even four years in a deal. And a guy like Darvish, a premium pitcher like him, is probably going to want at least five or six at the minimum. Um, so I think they're more likely to target maybe a, a second-tier guy that might not get as many years, but they can actually, you know, salary-wise they can handle it just more of the years. They don't want to get a guy and have to worry about the back end of that contract. So um, a lot of things are still up in the air here going into spring training just a few weeks. Um, but I do expect they'll sign at least one starter uh, before they head to camp. If Darvish is option number one on, on I guess, the dream list, the wish list, is there, do you think, a clear-cut number two after him, or is it just all those guys, whatever they can work out? I don't think there's a clear-cut number two. I think that Cobb and Lynn would make sense, uh, either one of those guys. I did talk to some people, and I think that Cobb, the interest they've had has been a little overstated. I believe there was a report last week that, that you know Cobb was a clear number two for the Twins. I was told that's not the case. Um, so I think Lynn's still in that mix as well. I think those are kind of the top two guys. I think Arietta is a guy that's kind of cooled on because he wants a big contract as well. Um, and notably, all three guys... Um, are tied to draft compensation. So um, that is something, too, that they'll have to, you know, weigh uh, in terms of losing a draft pick next year. Um, but also because of that, um, you know, contracts could be a little bit uh, more team-friendly because of that because teams are less, you know, willing to want to give up the draft pick. So maybe that could work in their favor as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Because I don't think it's a clear number two. And I just we're getting so close to spring training, and I do think they'll get somebody. Yeah, things have to start to, to change eventually. These moves have to be made. All right, Glenn Perkins has officially uh, stepped away from the game of baseball, although I guess he hasn't officially put his paperwork in, but that tends to happen these days. Uh, Twelve years in the bigs, all with the Twins. He's a guy that was at the University of Minnesota before that, a first-round pick. Um, just kind of a, a great story that he was able to do it all in the Twin Cities, Rhett. And and he had a great – most guys don't get to, to go away the way he did, right, the way he left the mound last year at the end of the season? Yeah, it really was a cool tribute last year. It was Paul Molitor's idea. You know, Perkins was a three-time All-Star. You know, had the you know the save here at Target Field in the All-Star game a couple of years ago, which is definitely one of the more memorable moments of Perkins' career. 
Um, and he was a great closer and obviously had the shoulder injury and the labrums, you know, tough thing to come back from with the labrum surgery and all that. Took him 16 months. He finally came back late last season. And, um, and in his last appearance, I think he, he knew it all along that he was the last one ever. Uh, Mauder had him come out uh, to his former closer music and, uh, you know, got the out, got the, you know, I think it was uh, the Tigers, I think they were playing, and they got a pop out. And Vargas caught it and kept the ball and gave it to, to Perkins, and they kind of all celebrated. I took him out of the game, kind of let the fans, um, you know, kind of give him a, a different ovation to kind of send him off. Um, and we talked to Perkins after that game, and he was very emotional. I think he knew it was kind of it. I think, you know, there was a chance that he would have signed a minor league deal with the Twins, but he even told us that day that he was not going to pitch anywhere else. I mean, that was kind of his whole thing. Uh, once he became, you know, the closer and everything, he never wanted to be anywhere, anywhere else. Like he said, he went to the University of Minnesota. He's from Stillwater, Minnesota. He's a local kid. Uh, so for him to play for, you know, his hometown team uh, meant a lot to him. You know, obviously he lives up here in the Twin Cities as well with his family and his two young daughters. So, uh, yeah, I think it was probably a tough situation, but I think the injury kind of made it a little bit uh, shorter of a career than he would have hoped. But he got his 10 years of service time, which he was excited about as well in terms of his pension and everything else. Um, and now I think that, you know, he's always been very analytically minded. Uh, the talk now and what he told me uh, in a phone conversation last week is that he's going to join the organization uh, starting next season. And I think there's actually going to be some – Tough for him to do. I think the front office is excited about having him because he's someone that definitely is really in the analytical side of baseball. That's excellent. You don't see a lot of players that head in that direction on the analytical side in the front office, so that would be cool to see uh, with Perkins for sure. Uh, Tyler Kinley was a Rule 5 pick. Um, the Twins got him from the Marlins back during the winter meetings, uh, and he put some stuff together this winter that makes them look pretty smart right now. 18 scoreless innings in the Dominican Winter League. Obviously, if you want to keep a Rule 5 guy, right, you have to keep him on that big league roster all season long. What are the chances that Kinley can be that guy? Yeah, it'll be definitely, definitely very interesting. You know, With Rule 5 guys, like you said, it's always tricky keeping him on that roster all year. Um, the Twins, though, in the past have always been, you know, uh, an organization that definitely always values Rule 5 guys. You know, I think it started, obviously, Johan Santana, who's the best, one of the best Rule 5 picks of all time, uh, you know, back under Terry Ryan's day. But under Terry Ryan, they almost made picks almost every year. You know, even uh, Ryan Presley is a big part of their bullpen now was a Rule 5 guy last year under the new uh, front office. They also drafted a guy in the Rule 5, Justin Haley, who did make the team, um, but was ended up getting sent back to the Red Sox during the season. He had some injuries and was kind of ineffective uh, in the big leagues. But, yeah, Kimmy's a guy with a big fastball, uh, can hit, you know, almost triple digits, you know, high 90s, uh, power slider in the low 90s. And as you said, he had a great showing in the Dominican League, uh, you know, 18 scoreless innings, which, you know, it's top competition over there. It's not like they're just facing – Bunch of minor leaguers. There's a mix of you know major leaguers over there as well. Uh, so definitely a good showing. Um, but this team is interesting. You know, there's definitely some. Obviously, the Twins added some guys with the bullpen. You know, signing Rodney and, and Reed and Duke. Uh, so there's maybe a little bit less room for him. But he's going to compete for a spot in the bullpen. There's at least one or two spots open back there. Um, so you never know if he'll be able to make it. It's always tough in that spring training to you know get enough appearances to make sure that he's ready for the big leagues because he's only reached you know double A. So it's kind of a big jump to do that. But it's always interesting to kind of see how that goes in free training. It's always one of the more fun battles to cover just because there's so much logistics to, you know, what happens to the Rule 5 guys, sending them back, and sometimes you can make a trade to keep them. There's just a lot of moving parts with Rule 5 guys. It's always fun to kind of cover and see how that works out. Yeah, absolutely. It was an exciting weekend in New York for baseball fans as the New York chapter of the BBWAA held their annual uh, dinner, and that means all the big awards from the Writers Association were handed out, your MVPs, your Rookie of the Year's, and your managers of the year. And, of course, Paul Molitor took home the American League Manager of the Year. Let's listen in. Uh, he was actually introduced by new Yankees manager Aaron Boone. Let's hear from Boone and Molitor. Obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, but now 
making a name for himself in his new role as manager and turning around the Minnesota Twins last year, playing a huge role in taking a team that lost big in 2016 to a team that made it to the postseason in 2017. And I think Paul's leadership, no doubt, played a big role in that and a very deserving recipient of the 2017 American League Manager of the Year, Paul Molitor. You know, certainly I want to express my gratitude to the writers. Um, you know, you got me in in 2004 and you got me up here tonight, so I got a lot to be thankful for. I want to salute all the award winners here tonight. Um, you know, I have a tendency to kind of lean towards the people who win. I think that's what we're all about. These two guys sitting here to my right, um, unbelievable, man. It uh, was a joy watching you guys play in the postseason. AJ, uh, unbelievable job. Um, I'm glad they took the vote before the postseason. So, nice going. Uh, you know, we, we lost 103 games two years ago, and, you know, it, it took a little bit of a risk for me to allow my team to lose that many games and hoping that we'd have a turnaround. Um, but it makes the story better when you can come back and uh, you can get back on track. You know, the Minnesota Twins were a good story this year. Uh, just to tell you, you know, I, I, I didn't hit 59 home runs. I didn't win 20 games as a pitcher. I wasn't one of the two outstanding rookies that we see up here. When you get this award, you acknowledge that your team did a lot of good things. You know, you scouted good players, you developed good players, you made good decisions, and your players performed. And I would be the first to admit I'm indebted to all those people that contributed to the Twins having an outstanding year. So, again, congratulations to everybody, and I appreciate the award. Hey, Red, good to hear from Molitor here as we get ready for spring training. Obviously, he's very thankful, and the one thing that stood out to me in the speech is he kind of made it clear that while he's the manager of the year, he kind of feels like it's the players that, that win this award for the manager. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys who's very humble, um, but he definitely deserved it. You know, that year, last year, coming off 103 losses, uh, you know, that he never really knew how it was going to go. Obviously, they have a young core, uh, but uh, definitely, you know, they all improved as the season went along. Um, I think, to his, you know, credit to his coaching staff as well. I think the new hire, uh, James Rousey, did a really nice job with some of these young hitters as well. Uh, but Modder, you know, had a big part of it. I think the big thing with him is he's so stoic and kind of that, you know, self-assured, confident leader. The players almost all like, kind of look up to him, you know, as a Hall of Fame player. What, he had more than 3,300 hits, you know, so – uh, you know, one of the better players of all time. And I think they're just that respected. He's such a smart guy, too. Um, and, and just even the way that he just kind of commands a room uh, is impressive. And so I think, but the big thing is he's not someone that really wears his emotions on his sleeve. So he's not someone that gets too high or too low, which I think is really key for especially a young team like this. Because I think what happened was you know, the year before, the 0-9 start, things just kind of spout out of control and just wasn't a good look. But last year, he kind of kept that from happening, you know. They made the trade, the trade deadline, you know, sending away Garcia, sending away their all-star closer in Brandon Kinsler. Um, and yet they bounced back in August to have one of the best months in the history of the club. You know, I think they won 21 games that month, uh, and that was kind of what sealed it for Mahler, which kind of – it really sealed their all-star – sorry, their uh, AL log card appearance was that month. So and a lot of that happened because of Mahler kind of having a speech and kind of telling these guys, hey, you know, we've got to believe in each other even if the front office made these trades. And I think the team really responded to, to Mahler throughout the season. All right, one more thing I wanted to touch on with you, the top 100 prospects from MLB Pipeline. The Twins check in with four players on the list. Royce Lewis, the young shortstop, number 20. Fernando Romero, right-handed pitcher, 68. Steven Gonsalves, the lefty, number 78. And Nick Gordon, another shortstop slash second baseman, number 80. Um, obviously, there's young talent there um, on the way, some of them closer than others. But for Lewis to check in at 20 this quickly, 
it, it's pretty cool, and it says a lot for what he's shown quickly since uh, being drafted. Yeah, he really did have an amazing showing after getting drafted. You know, <clears throat> a little bit of a surprise him more overall pick in some ways. I think people thought that maybe Hunter Green would be the guy or Brandon McKay, but sure enough, it was Lewis, and uh, he's proved that he was mature beyond his years in terms of the way he carries himself. Um, and then the numbers he put up were great. You know, he got away to you know Class A uh, Cedar Rapids, which is impressive for an 18-year-old. Uh, he, I think he was 17 when he got drafted. I think he turned uh, 18 like five days later. So for him to be able to be that young and hold his own and you know an A ball uh, is really impressive. I think that's probably where he'll start this year as well. Um, but yeah, for him to be in the top 20 already, it just shows how much potential and how much promise he has uh, going forward. But Nick Gordon, you know, fell a little bit, but he's also very close to the big leagues. He had a great year at Double A. Uh, he's going to probably start the year at Triple A this year, and could be a guy that could factor into the you know middle infield uh, as soon as this season. We'll kind of see what happens here. Dozier's in the last year of his deal. You know, Polanco's currently at shortstop right now, and he's coming off a pretty solid uh, kind of first full season at short. So uh, it's about to make some decisions with that, but he at least you know gives him an option up the middle, uh, as well as Wander Javier, who's a guy they like a lot that was just outside the top 100. So they have a lot of depth up the middle, a lot of shortstops in their system. And then pitching-wise, you know, they obviously have a big need for starting pitching, and so it's good to have guys like Steven Gonzalez and Fernando Romero, who are both starting pitchers. They're both probably going to start this year AAA as well. So uh, both coming out strong years at Double A. Uh, Gonzalez is more of like kind of the classic lefty, you know, fastball in the low 90s with a great changeup. Uh, whereas Romero is more of the hard throw on 97, even at 100 mile per hour fastball type guy with the power slider and curveball uh, to get guys out. So um, it's kind of a nice mix to have some starting pitching in the positions of need up the middle as well. Um, and it's a pretty fairly deep, you know, farm system that's kind of been cultivated over the years. And the Twins really haven't had too many trades of trading, you know, prospects. So it's still been a pretty prospect, uh, you know, rich system. And they had to have four guys in there. is always impressive. All right. Great stuff, Rhett. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Twins edition. For Rhett Bollinger, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.